0: A Podcast One production. G'day, I'm Chris Russell and welcome to AgriMinders. In a world of food production largely beholden not only to the principles of ethical production, but also to the transparent provenance of that production from paddock to plate. Organic branding has become increasingly relied upon by consumers as a means of independent confirmation of food safety and of ethical production. The requirements for a product to get this organic branding, however, is often determined by a very conservative and narrow view of what inputs and practices can be classified as natural or acceptable. But are these very conservative standards that underlie organic branding relevant, considering the hit to production that they may involve? Has the organic classification become more of a way to increase the price of food with minimal advantage to consumers? Has organic farming indeed become only pure as the driven show? To explore the nutritional aspects surrounding the world of organic farming, We'll first talk to Dr. Tim Crow. Dr. Tim Crow is an accredited practicing dietitian and is also an associate professor in nutrition at Deakin University. He is the mind behind the popular and scrupulously evidence-based website, Thinking
1: Nutrition.
0: Welcome to AgriMinders, Tim. Thank you very much. So, Tim, as I said in, in the intro, you know, organics um, is something which has sort of taken on a momentum of its own, really, and people become very, very fanatical about it, both the buyers and the producers, about its merits and its advantages and what it will bring to our new world of sustainability and, uh, and environmental responsibility. Um, but it's also spoken about as being something that's supposed to bring great benefits nutritionally and in flavour. Um, my question, I suppose, to you is, do you think that, that that is fact or do you think it's more fiction and perception?
1: Oh Well, certainly there's no doubt there's been a big surge in interest in organic foods over the years. And all those claims that you've made are very common ones you hear. But when you really dig into the science, and there's been quite a bit of research done into this, a lot of them really don't stack up. I mean, Certainly eating fruit and vegetables, whether it's organic or organic, or conventional, is inherently good for you, but there does not seem to be much of a health advantage for the price premium of choosing organic foods.
0: So you often hear people talk about natural foods, and then they talk about organic foods. What's the difference?
1: Um, so organic organic farming uh, uses more of a natural way of growing the food, so it's a, just a slightly different process how it occurs, but the end result is still going to be nutritionally very similar to what you eat. So what's natural food then? Or anything that we grow is is natural, it just depends what you classify as artificial as far as the inputs go. So what sort of fertiliser may be used, whether it's synthetic or natural pesticides, all of those uh, change the certification that can occur around organic food, whether it's labelled as such.
0: So there was a massive study done in two thousand and thirteen and and published in the British Journal of Nutrition, which did a sort of meta study of three hundred and forty three other studies. And they actually reported that organic foods contain significantly more nutrients than their conventional uh, counterparts. Um, They're supposed to have uh, 69% more flavonones, 51% more anthocyanins, and 50% more flavonols, and a whole lot of other sort of critical phytonutrients, a lot of those being antioxidants. How do you... Respond to that then in saying that there's not much advantage.
1: Okay, so there's previous r- reviews done before this this study found no difference. And even in this major meta-analysis, most nutrients, there was no difference. And it was only high levels of antioxidants found in fruit, not so much in vegetables and other produce. So there's a big debate really if that increase in the amount of antioxidants translates into much of a health benefit because there's a lot of interest in antioxidants some decades ago they were, were the promise of being the great white hope of, of curing and preventing so many different diseases but the clinical trials really didn't, didn't pan out so while some levels of antioxidants may be higher there's really a question if that actually is of a meaningful health benefit
0: so what about organic milk um tim what's what's the story there
1: so it seems that organic milk may have slightly to higher levels of beneficial omega-3 fatty acids, but the amount present to start with is incredibly small. Most of our omega-3s in our diet comes from things like fish uh, and also some nuts such as walnuts. So, so milk is not a major contributor to omega-3s in our diet at all.
0: So there, there is a group of um, foods which are, are known, uh, you know, in the trade as the Dirty Dozen. Peaches, strawberries, nectarines, apples, spinach, celery, pears, sweet bell peppers, cherries, potatoes, lettuce and imported grapes. Why are they known as the Dirty Dozen?
1: Well, if you measure the level of pesticides in, in any range of food, you will get some detectable amount. And if you rank them, you'll get some that have more than others. But the absolute amount of pesticides present is actually incredibly small. But this this list, list has been put together to show that these foods have the highest amount, but the absolute amount is quite small. Uh, and also the, the method of how the foods have been selected to go into this sample of the dirty dozen uh, is really quite, um, it's not very re- reproducible. You could sort of sample foods from different parts of the world and you'll get different sort of results. So if you measure the levels of anything in food, you can form a list. And just because there's foods that are in the top 12 doesn't mean they're bad for you. It just means they're the ones that got the highest amount. But the absolute amount of pesticides was incredibly low to start with, well below the threshold of health concerns.
0: So while we're talking about pesticides, um, I mean, the, the organic farmers, they also use pesticides, Absolutely, but they're so-called... Do. So-called natural pesticides, but I mean, in ter- in health terms and in nutritional terms, what's the difference?
1: Uh, very little. The the pesticides used in organic farming they include copper, sulphur, pyrethrins, light oils, uh, even bacteria that produce insecticides. In theory, they are all just as harmful in high doses as synthetic pesticides. The thing is the amount present in food is incredibly low and if you even wash food before you consume it, you remove most of these pesticides to start with. So the idea that organic produce doesn't contain pesticides is false. Pesticides can be used just that they're natural rather than synthetic, but they still work very well because they are toxic to, to pests. The amount present in food that you eat at the table uh, is very low and of no health concerns to be worrying about.
0: Um, I've spent a lot of time in China over the last few years, and up there, the particularly young mums are becoming paranoid about food safety, and and they'll buy food from Australia and New Zealand rather than local produce uh, because they believe that that is inherently safe. Seems to be that's the same reason why mums in Australia would buy um, organic food because they see that as being a guarantee of safety over conventionally grown food. Uh, again, is this a uh, something which has got some legitimacy because they're spending a lot of extra money?
1: When you talk about food safety, our food supply in a country like Australia is incredibly uh, safe, incredibly healthy. Most of the aspects of food poisoning and, and issues with food are to do with you know incorrect storage and contamination. And in fact, if interesting, in the United States, there's been quite a few outbreaks of bacterial disease linked with organic produce, not, not so much conventional. So I really have no c- health concerns about uh, eating food. The biggest health risks come from uh, food that becomes contaminated or food that's not stored properly or cooked and cooled uh, and then reheated again, that's where our biggest health problems lie in the kitchen, not the fact that it's organic or conventional.
0: So Tim, you mentioned that um, you've been looking at the research for some considerable time. What research have you done That's actually shown you that in your view there's not much difference between organic and conventionally produced food.
1: Okay, so the research I've done is is desk based research. It's looking at the research that's been published, and there's been two major studies published in the last five years. A 2012 review published in the Annals of Eternal Medicine, which is one of the biggest medical journals in the world, looked at over 200 studies and found no difference at all in the nutrient composition of organic versus conventional. They actually found higher levels of phosphorus in conventional foods versus organic, and there was no health benefit on the the risk of allergic diseases or infections in people that eat organic over as conventional. It was the the follow-on 2014 review, which used a different sort of methodology for what sort of studies I would put in it. They found high levels of antioxidants, but that was only present in in fruits. Most other nutrients, there was no difference between them. So when you look at all of that research, there's not a clear case to say that any small nutritional difference between these foods would translate into major health benefits.
0: So just explain to me a little bit more about, you mentioned phosphorus. why, Why is that critical?
1: Uh, Well, it's actually not. That was just the one nutrient in this study that that was found to be higher in conventional produce versus organic. But even the researchers in that study said while it was statistically different, statistically higher, it had no clinical benefit. It wasn't actually of merit for any health benefits to have high levels of phosphorus because the absolute level was fairly small, even though it was a difference.
0: So, Tim, your, your research is really saying then that there's really no difference significantly in nutrition, no difference in terms of food safety. The only thing left really, well, I guess there's two things left. One is taste, um, and taste is something which there's, people definitely would perceive. that. In fact, you know, my producer is saying that you know, if she buys organic food, she would buy that out of preference because she's sure that it tastes better.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. How would you well, say that? Well, taste is 99% expectation. When you do proper controlled blind tests, so that people don't know if the produce is organic or conventional, and those foods are of similar quality, people cannot tell the difference. Now, now, I'm not disputing that someone finds that organic produce tastes better because you can expect it to be. So that's really what from the blinding test, we actually know there's t- no taste difference. But if organic produce is fresher and has undergone less storage it will taste better than conventional produce that's been sitting there in storage for quite a period of time. That's where the taste differences arise. But if you compare apples with apples, if they're grown and stored and treated the same, uh, there's no taste difference that anybody can determine in a blind taste test.
0: So are you suggesting then that because your taste buds and your, your perception runs through the same neurons in your brain, that, that the perception overrides what the taste buds are saying?
1: Absolutely. There's a lot of fascinating research being done in this field to show that your expectations of how something should taste and if it's of high quality increases the chance you'll actually rate that food as of high quality. There's a wonderful, uh, I wouldn't call it a study, but it was more of a, uh, a, a YouTube prank where um, some, some people took some McDonald's hamburgers to a foodie trade show and served it up in little bite-sized pieces as this new next-level organic produce and everybody was raving about the food and it was McDonald's hamburgers. They expected it to be it's this super healthy organic food, but it was just hamburgers. So oh, there's, uh, there's a classic case of expectation overriding the reality.
0: So on that basis, if I'd been a bit cleverer with my descriptions and my my kind of subliminal advertising of Brussels sprouts, my, I could have had no trouble in getting my kids to eat Brussels sprouts. That's right. Just
1: out. tell them it's chocolate and they will lap it up. <laughs> oh, that,
0: that's fascinating. <laughs> So I wonder then how much of this organic business is based on um, marketing and uh, and kind of creation of that subliminal awareness than is actually based on scientific data.
1: A huge amount. So I've got no agenda either way. If, if organic produce was clearly better than conventional and the price premium warranted, I would recommend everybody to have it, but I don't see that. But let's get back to the basics. The biggest health problems we are facing in a country like Australia is people just don't eat enough fruit and veggies to start with. Only 6% of Australians eat the recommended amount of vegetables per day. So first of all, let's get eating healthier food to start with. Then we can focus on this in debate about the merits of organic versus conventional. That's where the biggest health wins, eating your fruit and veggies to start with. And if you have organic, it may have a very, very small, imperceptible additional health benefit, but you have to decide as a consumer if the price premium is worth it.
0: Um, I've noticed GM has come into the, into the organic definition now. Is there any issues in eating food that's come from genetically modified sources as against Mendelian bread, plants and uh, fruit and vegetables?
1: So I'm yet to see any research to show that GM foods nutritionally are are different to conventional produce unless they've been engineered to be higher in a particular nutrient. Otherwise, they're very similar.
0: So that brings me then to, I suppose, the other question that's left, which is provenance. And uh, people also associate organic food with the fact that you know, the chickens have been living out happily in a paddock somewhere and uh, um, uh, the plants maybe are happier and uh, and produced by non-slave labour and, and so on and so forth. Um, how much influence does that sort of thing have on our eating habits?
1: So as a consumer, if that's an important issue to you, um, you know, from the ethical perspective, then absolutely you would make that choice for organic produce if it was produced in a way that uh, aligned with your own demands. But I don't delve into the ethical debate. I purely look at the nutritional science and that's what I give comment on. And I'll leave it to the consumer to make those final calls of what they consider appropriate for the food that they put on their plate.
0: So where does that leave us? Uh, are we talking myth or magic here, do you reckon, Tim?
1: So I can say without any concern whatsoever that organic produce is just as good for you as conventional produce. If there is a benefit, it's a very, very small one that even well-designed clinical trials have a trouble picking up. If that's important to you and you can afford the additional uh, cost, then by all means, eat organic. If you're not eating enough fruit and vegetables to start with, first of all, get to a decent level, two fruit, five veg per day, then you can worry about the organic versus conventional science debate.
0: And from a nutritional point of view, do you see the demand for organic food going up or coming down? Or if someone was asking you whether from a nutritional sense they should go into organic production, what would you say to them?
1: Uh, consumer trends are definitely demanding healthier food. We're seeing that one of the biggest food trends at the moment is, is more of a plant-based eating style, like vegan diet is, is getting popular and popular. With that goes a lot of ethical choices a person makes, as well as health choices. And organic food will pop up in the radar of many of these consumers to want to be consuming more of. So I would see that demand for organic produce will continue, and if demand increases, that's wonderful. If people are eating more of these foods to, to, in the end, that's a good result. And as demand increases, of course, then price comes down. So in the end, the consumer will have final say uh, in what appears in our supermarkets.
0: So Tim, in Australia, um, farmers who want to be organic, it takes five years for them to get there and then they have to pay a percentage of their turnover to the the company that does the auditing and the accreditation so they can use the word organic. Same with the people who provide Mm -hmm. organic inputs as well. Am I sensing that this is somewhat exploitative and that actually we've created a business here out of a non-business?
1: Um, this is a, a business that's still meeting consumer demand. There, there is an interest in demand for organic produce. Uh, it Nutritionally, it's it's just as good as conventional produce. So if that in the end means that consumers eat more, they'll probably go for that. But as the science has evolved, a lot of the claims made about the health benefits and the nutrient composition don't really stack up and that's why these latest reviews are sort of validating that viewpoint but none of the reviews show that that the food is worse for you at best it's the same and maybe a minor difference in some nutrients but overall uh, in the end if you consumers can vote with their, their feet if they feel better that they're doing themselves better by eating organic food by all means do that but you can get just as much health benefits from eating conventional produce
0: Well, buying food is all about choice and hopefully well-informed choice and you've certainly helped us become more informed today, Tim. Thank you very much for being our AgriMinder.
1: Great to chat with you today, Chris.
0: So Tim has suggested that based on the research data, Australian food classified organic is no more nutritious or different in taste to food produced by conventional means as shown by analysis or blind taste tests. Yet consumers seem increasingly happy to pay significant premiums in price for food that's certified as organic. Is the motivation for this preference then purely based on the transparency of how the product was produced? Join me again on AgriMinders. Special thanks to the AgriMinds Think Tank Group. AgriMinders was presented by me, Chris Russell, and created in collaboration with Podcast One Australia. Executive producer extraordinaire was Jenny Goggin. Sound production by Darcy Thompson. For more episodes, go to podcastone.com.au, download the Podcast One app, or search AgriMinders on Apple Podcasts.